0: Book three, part four of Herodotus' Histories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Leeson. Histories, Volume One by Herodotus of Halicarnassus, translated by A. D. Godley. Book three, part four, paragraphs sixty-one through seventy-nine. Now, after Cambyses, son of Cyrus, had lost his mind, while he was still in Egypt, two Magus brothers rebelled against him. One of them had been left by Cambyses as steward of his house. This man now revolted from him, perceiving that the death of Smyrdus was kept secret, and that few knew of it, most believing him to be still alive. Therefore, he plotted to gain the royal power. He had a brother, his partner, as I said, in rebellion this brother was in appearance very like cyrus's son smyrdus whom cambyses his brother had killed nor was he like him in appearance only but he bore the same name too the magus persuaded this man that he would manage everything for him he brought his brother and set him on the royal throne then he sent heralds to all parts one of whom was to go to egypt and proclaim to the army that henceforth they must obey not cambyses but Smyrdas, the son of Cyrus. So this proclamation was made everywhere. The herald appointed to go to Egypt, finding Cambyses and his army at Ecbatana in Syria, came out before them all and proclaimed the message given him by the Magus. When Cambyses heard what the herald said, he supposed that it was the truth, and that Praxaspes, when sent to kill Smyrdas, had not done it, but had played Cambyses false. And he said, fixing his eyes on Praxaspes, is it thus, Prexaspes, that you carried out my instructions? No, said Prexaspes. this is not true, sire, that your brother Smurtis has rebelled against you. He cannot have any quarrel with you, small or great. I myself did as you instructed, and I buried him with my own hands. If then the dead can rise, you may expect to see Astyages the Mede rise up against you. But if things are as usual, assuredly no harm to you will arise from Smyrdas." Now then, this is my opinion, that we pursue this herald and interrogate him, to learn from whom he comes with his proclamation that we must obey Smyrdas as our king. Cambyses liked Prexaspes' advice. The herald was pursued at once and brought, and when he came, Prexaspes put this question to him, Fellow, you say that your message is from Cyrus' son, Smyrdas. Tell me this now, and you may go away unpunished. "'Was it Smyrdas who appeared to you and gave you this charge, or was it one of his servants?' "'Since King Cambyses marched to Egypt,' answered the herald, "'I have never seen Smyrdas, the son of Cyrus. "'The Magus whom Cambyses made overseer of his house gave me the message, "'saying that it was the will of Smyrdas, son of Cyrus, that I should make it known to you.' "'So spoke the herald, telling the whole truth. "'And Cambyses said,' prexaspes having done what you were told like a good man you are free of blame but who can this persian be who rebels against me and usurps the name of smyrdus prexaspes replied i think sire that i understand what has been done here the rebels are the magi patizeathes whom you left steward of your house and his brother smyrdus the truth of the words and of a dream struck cambyses the moment he heard the name for he had dreamt that a message had come to him that smyrdis sitting on the royal throne touched heaven with his head and perceiving that he had killed his brother without cause he wept bitterly for smyrdis having wept and grieved by all his misfortune he sprang upon his horse with intent to march at once to susa against the magus as he sprang upon his horse the cap fell off the sheath of his sword and the naked blade pierced his thigh, wounding him in the same place where he had once wounded the Egyptian god Apis. And believing the wound to be mortal, Cambyses asked what was the name of the town where he was. They told him it was Ecbatana. Now a prophecy had before this come to him from Buto that he would end his life at Ecbatana. Cambyses supposed this to signify that he would die in old age at the Median Ecbatana, his capital city. But as the event proved, the oracle prophesied his death at Ecbatana of Syria. So when he now inquired and learned the name of the town, the shock of his wound and of the misfortune that came to him from the Magus brought him to his senses, he understood the prophecy and said, Here Cambyses, son of Cyrus, is to die. At this time he said no more. But about twenty days later, He sent for the most prominent of the Persians that were about him, and thus addressed them Persians, I have to make known to you something which I kept most strictly concealed. When I was in Egypt, I had a dream which I wish I had not had. It seemed to me that a messenger came from home to tell me that Smyrdis, sitting on the royal throne, touched heaven with his head. Then I feared that my brother would take away my sovereignty from me, and I acted with more haste than wisdom for it is not in the power of human nature to run away from what is to be. But I, blind as I was, sent Prexaspes to Susa to kill Smyrdas. When that great wrong was done, I lived without fear, for I never thought that when Smyrdas was removed another man might rise against me. But I mistook altogether what was to be. I have killed my brother when there was no need, and I have lost my kingdom none the less, for it was the Magus Smyrdas that the divinity forewarned in the dream would revolt. Now he has been done for by me, and I would have you believe that Smyrdas Cyrus' son no longer lives. The Magi rule the kingdom, the one that I left caretaker of my house, and his brother Smyrdas. So then, the man is dead, of an unholy destiny at the hands of his relations, who ought to have been my avenger for the disgrace I have suffered from the Magi and as he is no longer alive necessity constrains me to charge you men of persia in his place with the last desire of my life in the name of the gods of my royal house i charge all of you but chiefly those achaemenids that are here not to let the sovereignty fall again into median hands if they have it after getting it by trickery take it back through trickery of your own If they have got it away by force, then by force all the stronger get it back. And if you do this, may your land bring forth fruit, and your women and your flocks and herds be blessed with offspring, remaining free for all time. But if you do not get the kingdom back, or attempt to get it back, then I pray things turn out the opposite for you, and on top of this, that every Persian meet an end such as mine." With that Cambyses wept bitterly for all that had happened to him. When the Persians saw their king weep, they all tore the clothing which they wore and wailed loud and long. But when after this the bone rotted and the thigh rapidly putrefied, it carried off Cambyses, son of Cyrus, who had reigned in all seven years and five months, but was altogether childless, without male or female issue to the persians who were present it was quite incredible that the magi were masters of the kingdom they believed that cambyses intent was to deceive them with his story of smyrdus death so that all persia might be embroiled in a war against him so they believed that it was cyrus son smyrdus who had been made king for praxaspes stoutly denied that he had killed smyrdus since now that cambyses was dead it was not safe for him to say that he had slain the son of Cyrus with his own hands. Cambyses being dead, the Magus, pretending to be the smyrtus of like name, Cyrus' son, reigned without fear for the seven months by which Cambyses had fallen short of reigning eight years. In this time, he benefited all his subjects to such an extent that after his death, all the Asiatics, except the Persians, wished him back for he sent to every nation he ruled and proclaimed an exemption for three years from military service and from tribute such was his proclamation at the beginning of his reign but in the eighth month he was exposed in the following manner there was one otanes son of pharnaspes as well-born and rich a man as any persian this otanes was the first to guess that the magus was not cyrus's son Smirtis, and who in fact he was the reason was that he never left the acropolis nor summoned any notable persian into his presence and having formed this suspicion otanes did as follows cambyses had taken his daughter whose name was phidime this same girl the magus had now and he lived with her and with all cambyses other wives otanes sent to this daughter asking at what man's side she lay with Smydis, Cyrus' son, or with some other, she sent back a message that she did not know. for she said she had never seen Cyrus's son Smydis, nor did she know who her bedfellow was. Then Otanes sent a second message to this effect: If you do not know Cyrus' son Smydis yourself, then find out from Atossa who it is that she and you are living with, for surely she knows her own brother To this, his daughter replied i cannot communicate with atosa nor can i see any other of the women of the household for no sooner had this man whoever he is made himself king than he sent us to live apart each in her own appointed place when otanes heard that he saw more clearly how the matter stood and he sent her this third message daughter your noble birth obliges you to run any risk that your father commands you to face if this man is not smyrdus son of cyrus but who i think he is then he must not get away with sleeping with you and sitting on the throne of persia but be punished now then when he lies with you and you see that he is sleeping feel his ears if he has ears rest assured that you are living with smyrdus son of cyrus but if he has none it is smyrdus the magus Fidaime answered by messenger that she would run a very great risk by so doing, for if it should turn out that he had no ears, and she were caught feeling for them, he would surely kill her. Nevertheless, she would do it. So she promised to do this for her father. Cyrus, son of Cambyses, during his reign, cut off the ears of this Magus Smyrdus for some grave reason. So Fidaime, daughter of Otanes, performed her promise to her father. When it was her turn to go to the Magus, for their wives go in sequence to the Persians, she came to his bed and felt for the magus's ears while he slumbered deeply, and having with no great difficulty assured herself that he had no ears, she sent and told this to her father as soon as it was morning. Otanes then took aside two Persians of the highest rank whom he thought worthiest of trust, Aspathanes and gobryas and told them the whole story. These, it would seem, had themselves suspected that it was so, and now they readily believed what Otanes revealed to them. They resolved that each should take into his confidence that Persian whom he most trusted. Otanes brought in Intaphronese, Gobryas brought Megabizus, and Aspathines Hydarnes. When they were six, Darius, whose father Hystaspes, Was a subordinate governor of the Persians, arrived at Susa. When he came, then, the six Persians resolved to include Darius too. The seven then met and gave each other tokens of good faith and spoke together. And when it was Darius' turn to declare his mind, he spoke as follows I thought that I alone knew that it was the Magus who was king, and that Smyrtus son of Cyrus was dead. And it was for this reason that I made haste to come that I might effect the Magus' death. But since it turns out that you know too, and not only I, I think that we should act at once, and not put it off. Otanes replied, Son of Histaspes, you have a good father, and seem likely yourself to be in no way inferior to your father. Do not hurry this undertaking without thinking, but take it up more prudently. There must be more of us to try it. To this Darius answered, you gentlemen who are here, if you do as Otanes says, know that you will die horribly, for someone will inform the Magus, looking to enrich himself alone. You ought to have done it by yourselves, but since you decided to confide in others, and have included me, let us either act today, or else understand that if the present day passes, nobody else will betray you before I do, for I shall myself betray you to the Magus. To this, Otanes replied, seeing Darius' vehemence, Since you force us to hurry and will tolerate no delay, tell us now yourself how we shall pass into the palace and attack them. For you know yourself, I suppose, if not because you have seen them, then you have heard, that guards are stationed all around. How shall we go past the guards? Otanes answered Darius, there are many things that cannot be described in words, but in deed and there are other things that can be described in words but nothing illustrious comes of them you know well that the guards who are set are easy to go by there is no one who will not allow us to pass from respect or from fear because of who we are and further i have myself the best pretext for entering for i shall say that i have just arrived from persia and have a message for the king from my father when it is necessary to lie lie for we want the same thing, liars and those who tell the truth. Some lie to win credence and advantage by lies, while others tell the truth in order to obtain some advantage by the truth and to be more trusted. Thus we approach the same ends by different means. If the hope of advantage were taken away, the truth-teller would be as ready to lie as the liar to tell the truth. Now if any of the watchmen willingly let us pass, it will be better for him later but if any tries to withstand us let us note him as an enemy and so thrust ourselves in and begin our work then Gobrias said friends when shall we have a better chance to win back the kingship or if we cannot to die since we who are persians are ruled by a mede a magus and he a man that has no ears Those of you that were with Cambyses at his deathbed, of course, remember the curse which he pronounced as he died on the Persians if they should not try to get back the kingship, although we did not believe Cambyses then, but thought that he spoke to deceive us. Now, therefore, my vote is that we follow Darius' plan, and not quit this council to do anything else but attack the Magus at once. So spoke Gobryas, and they all consented to what he said. While they were making these plans, by coincidence, the following happened. The Magi had resolved after consideration to make a friend of Prexaspes, because he had been wronged by Cambyses, who had killed his son with an arrow, and because he alone knew of the death of Cyrus' son Smyrdus, having himself been the slayer. But besides this, because he was in great repute among the Persians. For these reasons they summoned him and tried to make him a friend, having bound him by tokens of good faith and oaths to keep to himself and betray to no one their deception of the persians and promising to give him all things in great abundance when Prexaspes agreed to do this since the magi importuned him the magi made this second proposal to him that they should call an assembly of all the persians before the palace wall and he should go up on to a tower and declare that it was smyrdus son of cyrus and no other who was king of persia they gave him this charge because they thought him to be the man most trusted by the persians and because he had often asserted that Cyrus's son smyrdus was alive and had denied the murder when Prexaspes said that he was ready to do this too the magi summoned the persians together and brought him up on to a tower and bade him speak Then deliberately forgetting all the magi's instructions he traced the lineage of cyrus from Achaemenes downwards when he came at last to the name of cyrus he recounted all the good which that king had done to persia and after he had narrated this he revealed the truth saying that he had concealed it before as it had not been safe for him to tell what had happened but at the present time necessity forced him to reveal it and he said that he himself forced by cambyses had killed smyrdus son of cyrus and that the magi were in power then invoking a terrible curse on the persians if they did not win back the throne and take vengeance on the magi he threw himself headlong down from the tower so praxaspes a man who was always well thought of perished in this way the seven persians when they had decided to attack the magi at once and not delay prayed to the gods and set forth knowing nothing of what had happened to Prexaspes. but when they had gone half-way they learned what had happened to Prexaspes. then they argued there standing beside the road otani's party demanding that they delay and not attack while events were in flux and darius party that they go directly and do what they had decided and not put it off while they were arguing they saw seven pairs of hawks chase and slash and tear to bits two pairs of vultures. And seeing this, all seven consented to Darius' opinion, and went on to the palace, encouraged by the birds. When they came to the gate, it turned out as Darius had expected. The guards, out of respect for the leading men in Persia, and never suspecting that there would be trouble from them, allowed them to pass, who enjoyed divine guidance and no one asked any questions. And when they came to the court, they met the eunuchs that carry messages, who asked the seven why they had come, and while they were questioning these, they were threatening the watchmen for letting them pass, and restraining the seven who wanted to go on. These gave each other the word, drew their knives, and stabbing the eunuchs who barred their way, went forward at a run to the men's apartment. Both the magi were within deliberating about the consequences of Prexaspe's act. Seeing the eunuchs in confusion and hearing their cries, they both sprang up, and when they realized what was happening, they turned to defending themselves. One rushed to take down a bow, the other went for a spear. Then the fighting started. The one that had caught up the bow found it was no use to him, as the antagonists were close and jostling one another. But the other defended himself with his spear, wounding espathanes in the thigh and intaphranes in the eye intaphranes lost his eye from the wound but was not killed so one of the magi wounded these the other as the bow was no use to him fled into a chamber adjoining the men's apartment and would have shut its door two of the seven flung into the room with him darius and Gobrias. as gobryas and the magus wrestled together darius stood helpless in the darkness afraid of stabbing Gobrius. Gobrias, seeing Darius stand helpless, asked why he did not lend a hand, and he said, Because I am afraid for you, that I might stab you. And Gobrias answered, Stick your sword, even if it goes through us both. So Darius, complying, stabbed with his knife, and somehow struck the Magus. When they had killed the Magi and cut off their heads, they left their wounded there because of their infirmity and for the sake of guarding the Acropolis while five of them, carrying the Magi's heads, ran outside with much shouting and commotion, calling all Persians to aid, telling what they had done and showing the heads. At the same time, they killed every Magus that came in their way. The Persians, when they learned what had been done by the seven, and how the Magi had tricked them, resolved to follow the example set, and drew their daggers and killed all the Magi they could find. And if nightfall had not stopped them, they would not have left one Magus alive. This day is the greatest holy day that all Persians alike keep. They celebrate a great festival on it, which they call the Massacre of the Magi. While the festival lasts, no Magus may go outdoors, but during this day the Magi remain in their houses. End of book three, part four.